Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Today, Amar Sarfati is back, continuing to unpack the question that many are asking today. Has the tribulation already begun? First, though, I want to personally invite you to register for our upcoming conference in Des Moines, Iowa, Saturday, September 30th. Come hear Micah Van Huss, Josh Davis, Michael Hoggard, Larry Stamm, and Clayton Van Huss. Call 1-800-652-1144 and secure your spot. This special one-day conference will encourage and inform your faith. The complete lineup of speakers, topics, and schedule are found at swrc.com. Simply click on events or give us a call. 1-800-652-1144. Saturday, September 30th in Des Moines, Iowa. 1-800-652-1144. Or visit swrc.com and click on events. Now, here's staff evangelist Josh Davis with today's guest, Amir Sarfati. I'm joined again by best-selling author Amir Safadi. His ministry is BeholdIsrael.org, and the book that we are discussing is Has the Tribulation Begun? If you missed yesterday's program, I encourage you, highly encourage you, go back and listen to that because we're going to pick up where we left off as we were speaking about Israel and God's plan as He is unfolding His plan. Amir, welcome back to Watchmen on the Wall. Thank you very much. So let's go back to where we were and speak just a little bit more about Israel. What are some of the things that God is doing in Israel today? Are people coming to a realization of who Jesus is, or does it seem like they're moving further away from His truth? As someone who lives in Israel, I feel like you can provide such a unique perspective to this question. Well, I see the polarization of the society of Israel. I mean, they go to both sides. I mean, on, on, on one hand, there is a more and more opening uh, for the gospel among people, and we see that the congregations in Israel are growing, and they are experiencing a, a form of freedom and, in a way, spiritual prosperity. But at the same time, Israel is undergoing right now a what I call mass formation psychosis caused by the globalist, liberal, progressive left right now Mm. that is really working hard using the media on their side to brainwash people against anything that has to do with God, with the Bible, Judaism, and Israel as a Jewish state. And along the way, they are brainwashing people to accept the new agenda of the globalist when it comes to gender and family, when it comes to climate change, all of these things. Everything that the world suffers from globally is now being injected into the political scene in Israel as you are either a Jewish and therefore brainwashed and very, very, I would say they, they will call you a moron even to, to believe in those type of nonsense mm. of Bible and God and this, 
or you are progressive, enlightened, and you, and you get to believe in the things that the world also believes. So, so we're torn into two places right now. And unfortunately, Josh, I see the same thing happening to the body of Christ in Israel, that this mass formation psychosis that is, going, uh, that is undergoing in Israel is affecting so many believers who are more on the liberal progressive side rather than on the conservative one. Mm. They think that the conservatives, the Jewish conservative establishment is their enemy and the progressive liberal camp is their protector. Mm. They don't understand that the only protector as believers we have is God. And the liberals will never protect us because when it comes to our values, we are much closer to the Orthodox Jews than to the liberal ones. Mm. And so I see that confusion, but at the same time, people are asking questions and people are, uh, you know, I've never been approached so many times by local Israelis as I am right now regarding faith. And some of them are high profile people that invite me to their home and ask me questions. And so, again, I see they see the Israeli society being torn into those two directions. Mm. And remember, Josh, prophetically, we have to remember that because we are the people of the Bible. We are also with the knowledge and the understandings of the times and the seasons. And we, we, we understand the whole picture and we know the end. Israel never, ever chose the right choice when it comes to who do we follow and it, was, it will not be until the Messiah will physically return back to Jerusalem that they will look at him whom they pierce, and they will mourn and cry and repent. Until then, Israel is going to be deceived. And from what I can see in Zechariah 13, two-thirds of Israel is going to perish, and the tribulation is going to cause that. And unfortunately, I can see even today, Josh, Many Israelis that would easily and very quickly receive the mark of the beast because they will worship that person who represents the new world that they are now part of. Wow. We're visiting with Amir Safadi, and we are discussing his best-selling book, Has the Tribulation Begun? The subtitle, Avoiding Confusion and Redeeming the Time in These Last Days. And... One of the things that you point out in your book, some people describe all the horrors of the Great Tribulation as being an act of divine overkill. They say, God, this is way too much. We haven't really done anything that bad. All the horrors described in the book of Revelation is just divine overkill. But you argue that these folks really have a misunderstanding of of sin. Correct. Can you explain Yeah, I think that uh, people take sin as something relative. I'm not perfect, but I'm not that bad, okay? Yes. (laughs) So I don't deserve that much, okay? And I think it's the third chapter of the book. I already, I tackle the question, what is sin? And, you know, and, and you go to Isaiah in chapter 65, it says, I have stretched out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good according to their own thoughts, 
a people who provoke me to anger continually to my face. And, you know, I go through many, many different scriptures that are related to what sin is, what the wages of sin are, and what mercy is all about. And, and that's the thing people need to understand. The tribulation is actually more of a picture of the mercy of God rather than the judgment of God, because the world has already condemned itself yes. to the worst of the worst. I mean, let's go back to Eden. God told Adam and Eve that if they will eat from that fruit, they will surely die. He actually warned them not to, and he even told them the consequences of that. The fact that he kept them alive is already an amazing display of his mercy. And so from that point on, we see that the understanding of sin and consequences of sin has been so tainted by people to think, I'm a good person, and even if I'm not that good, I don't deserve that bad of a judgment. No, 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 that's not how it goes. Mm. God is not in the business of judgment. The first thing that the Messiah came for is to save. Yes. But when he returns, it's to judge. And we live still in the time where we can enjoy that which he came for the first time, to save. And if we don't understand that, we'll find ourselves in the point where he comes to judge. I always tell people, when Jesus returns to earth, you do not want to see his face, you want to see his back. Mm. You want to come riding the horse behind him rather than see him coming to destroy all of his enemies. Yes. We're visiting with Amir Safadi, and we're discussing his best-selling book, Has the Tribulation Begun? And you can pick up a copy by contacting our ministry at 1-800-652-1144 or visit us online at swrc.com. You can connect with his ministry at beholdisrael.org. Amir, let's go back to what you were just saying in John chapter 3, that famous interaction between Jesus and Nicodemus, that righteous man whom most people would say they want their sons to grow up to be like Nicodemus. He had the uh, religious protege, and he had the prestige, he had power, he had finances, and he was a very moral man. But Jesus told him in John chapter 3, you must be born again. Why is this solution necessary for every one of us? It's because salvation is not by affiliation, and good deeds could never save anyone. God is basically telling us, being a religious person is not what I'm asking you to be. In fact, when I became a believer, the first book I read was not the New Testament. It was actually the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And the first prophet I read is Isaiah. And the first chapter of Isaiah, I almost, I almost passed out. When I read that, I was so shocked that God is telling the people of Israel, your new moons, your Sabbaths, my soul hates. <laughs> I mean, and why is he telling them that? And, I'm, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm reading 
from Isaiah chapter 1, I, I see what he said in verse 12 and on. He says, when you come to appear before me, who has required this from your hand to trample my court? Bring no more futile sacrifices. Incest is abomination to me. The new moons, the Sabbaths, the, the calling of the assemblies, I cannot endure iniquities and the sacred meetings. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hates. Mm. They are a trouble to me. I am weary of bearing them. And when you spread out your head, your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear your hands are full of blood. And then he says, you need to wash yourself, make yourself clean, put away the evil. Even in, in Isaiah, we already see that it has to be a spiritual transformation. And it's not based on works. It's based on a, the understanding that you're a sinner, and B, the understanding that you need a Savior. And this is exactly in Jeremiah 31 when God said that he's going to give a New Testament, a New Testament to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And he says this time it's not going to be written anywhere but on your hearts and in your mind. It's a spiritual thing. So the concept of new birth is already in the prophets of Israel in the Old Testament. And when Jesus is telling that to a religious leader, a religious leader always thinks in religious terms, in religious concept, yes. which is, okay, what do I need to do? Yes. And, and, and no, it's not about your deeds. It's about your complete change of, of the way you think. And this is why... I love, you know, when in the same John chapter 3, I, I love how, how it says that he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. In other words, all of us have been condemned already, and the moment we believe, we are being plucked out of the condemned already and moved into the not condemned camp. And that is beautiful. Yes. And so, yeah, that's, that's what we need to understand. The, the, the secret to this whole thing is to be born again. There is no other form of Christianity. People, I mean, I was in, in the Philippines 25 years ago, and somebody asked me, so are you born again or Catholic? And I'm like, <laughs> is this a menu here? Yeah. Do you have to choose? <laughs> there is no choice. You have to, I mean, my Bible says that you must be born again yes. if you want to see the kingdom of God. So uh, my plea to all of, all of the people that are listening is that that's the only faith nobody can be born into. You, you can be born a Jew, you can be born a Muslim, you can be born a Hindu. No one can be born a Christian. You must be born again to become one. Amen. Now, we're visiting with Amir Sarfati, and let's just go right to that. How can someone be born again? How can someone must be born again? A by understanding his need for a savior, and by understanding his sinful nature, and by understanding that Jesus Christ died for his sins two thousand years ago, paid fully for his past, present, and future sins, and now wants to enter into his life and be the commander-in-chief of that life. And at the time of your confession of faith in him and what he did and who he is, you are going to be sealed with the Holy Spirit of God and become a, a temple of the Holy Spirit. And you're no longer the one who lives. It's Christ that lives in you. You are becoming a temple of the Holy Spirit. You're becoming a new creation. You're becoming an adopted son 
and you can now call him Abba Father. All of these things are something that happens in a spiritual realm that and, and it's, not, it's not like you have a, a third hand growing or a third eye growing or a new color of hair that's appearing. This is not something that you can see um, in the physical. It's, it's, it's a birth from within. And that birth from within will then start producing good works. And yes. good work, you will start hate sin. You will start, you know, pursuing righteousness. You will start advocating for righteousness. You will see things through the eyes of God because the Holy Spirit of God is in you now. And yes. you will understand the things of God. You'll have discernment. You'll have comfort. You'll have great eyes to understand the Word of God. These are things that can happen only when you allow Him to do that by confessing your need and accepting what he did. Amen. Religion works on the outside, but Jesus, his work is from the inside Absolutely. out. And the Bible tells us, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Indeed. Friends, if you're listening and you do not know that Jesus Christ is your Savior, we urge you to call upon him today as Amir has just yes. so wonderfully shared. That's our constant prayer is that you would be with us when the rapture comes. And we're going to speak about the rapture in just a minute with Amir Sarfati, but I want to take just a second and invite you to call upon Jesus today. And if you've got questions about that, please reach out to our ministry, 1-800-652-1144 is our toll-free number online, swrc.com. You can also connect with Amir's ministry at Behold Israel. Org. But I cannot stress enough, this is the most important decision that you will ever make in your lifetime, and we urge you to do that today if you do not know Jesus as your Savior. And as I said, we want you to be with us when the rapture call comes. Amir, one of the great parts of your book is a discussion on the rapture. And you vividly point out the fact that Christian beliefs about the rapture are about as varied as a company-wide coffee shop order. I'll, I'll take decaf, non-fat, you know, <laughs> all the different <laughs> variations. And Christians do the same thing when it comes to teaching about the rapture. Can you explain what does the Bible teach about the rapture? When will it occur? You know, yeah, first of all, we have to understand that Paul was not talking about the rapture for the first time. If you go back to the Gospel of John, Jesus himself said, a to Martha, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he talks about the fact that he, he who believes in me, even if he dies, he will live. And yes. if he lives, he will not die. This, this is exactly the two things that Paul talks about when he describes the rapture. The dead in Christ will rise, and those that are alive and remain will be taken. So, <laughs> I mean, those are important things that we know. And then Jesus said that I am going to prepare a place for you. And then he said, I will come back and receive you unto myself. So wherever I am, you will be also. Which, which means I'm not coming back to where you are. You're going to be where I am. Mm -hmm. And that is why I'm preparing a place for you. I'm going to my father's place to prepare a place for you. And so there is no doubt the church has to change address and go to where Jesus has been working on and preparing a place for us, and it's not here, and which is already against the teaching that we are here to prepare a place for Jesus to come back. No, he is preparing a place for us, 
and then to take us and to receive us unto himself. And it's interesting because it's the same words in the Greek that describes in the book of Acts how the clouds received Jesus as he was ascending to heaven. Yes. Very interesting. Now, and then Paul himself, who was personally tutored by Jesus, personally educated by Jesus himself, is writing to a very confused church in Thessaloniki in northern Greece. He is basically not attaching this event to anything that has to happen before. I mean, speaking of, first of all, he comforts them about those who thought that they missed their loved ones are gone forever. No, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. In other words, some believers in your church died, but I don't want your, you to be sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Which means when Jesus comes back, when the dead in Christ will rise, their body, the new body will rise, will meet the souls that are already with Jesus as he brings them with him. For this way, you also, the word of the Lord says that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. That's a word of hope. Yes. And also, look at how Paul is talking in a, in, a, in a very personal manner, as if it can happen and might even happen in his lifetime, which means Paul never, ever put together the tribulation as something that has to happen first or something that has to begin first in order for the, for the rapture to happen. The rapture can happen, could happen 2,000 years ago. It can happen today. It can happen tomorrow. It has no date. And therefore, yes. I would advise to people not to associate it with any Jewish holiday also, because then you are associating it with a single day uh, on the calendar. You know, the Jewish calendar and the festivals that are being fulfilled are going to be fulfilled in the way he's going to deal with Israel. Also, in Israel, physically, in a chronological order, just like he did in the spring festivals. So, I'm saying all of that because Paul is describing an event where we are going to be taken. Rapturo is the Latin word for the harpazo in the Greek, which is to be snatched up. And we will be taken up to be with the Lord. And, and the Bible says that we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with Him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus, we shall always be with the Lord. So wherever Jesus is going to be, that's where we are going to be. When He's in heaven, we're in heaven. When He comes back to earth, we come back with Him. Which explains what Revelation 20 says, that we will reign and rule with Him for those thousand years of the millennial kingdom here on earth. And Amir, we, our ministry holds strictly to the premillennial, pre-tribulation perspective, as do you, and behold Israel. We believe that that rapture could take place at any moment, as you have just described. You also discuss in your book, Has a Tribulation Begun?, that the stage is seemingly being set for the fulfillment of Bible prophecy in our world today. How do you see this stage being set before our eyes? Well, we see it in three different levels. We see it in the level of the nation of Israel. We see it in the level of global preparation, and we see it in the level of the state of the church. 
So first of all, Israel is back in the land, which I believe is the fulfillment of the fig tree coming back to life, as Jesus referred to in Matthew and in Luke, Matthew 24, Luke 21. And he says that generation that will see that will not pass away. The nation of Israel's, I call it national aspirations, were always likened to the fig tree. And when the fig tree died, it wasn't that the Jewish nation died, but it was that the land was forsaken. It was the national aspiration that were gone. And for 2,000 years, we were gone from the land. <laughs> it was the, and then the return of the Jews back to the land is by far the most important prophetic sign of the end times. Mm-hmm. And we live, Josh, you and I live in the days that it has been fulfilled already. And it's being fulfilled as still Jewish people continue to return to their land every single day. Jerusalem is back in our hands. This is phenomenal. It's not to be taken lightly. That's as far as Israel is concerned. We also see the preparation around Israel for a massive war that is described in Ezekiel, and which could very much so lead into eventually rise of the Antichrist. But we also need to remember 2 Thessalonians promises us in chapter 2, verse 7 and on, that that man cannot appear in the scene until the restrainer is taken out of his way. And we are definitely those who have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit restrains and slows down the decay of this world. And the minute we're out of here, this is when when the world will celebrate slash be judged. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we see that happening, you know, all around us. The spirit of the Antichrist is already there. The globalism is already taking every square inch of our mindset uh, around the world, whether when it comes to economic, uh, religious, and also uh, spiritual uh, manifestation. But the last thing is, I see a great, great apostasy in the church itself also. And I, I definitely can see how too many churches call themselves churches, yet emptied their pulpit from the Word of God, yes. and, or take the Word of God, not literally, and adapt it to the new globalist ideology. Amir, there's just so much more that we could talk about, and I could spend so much more time with you, but unfortunately we're out of time for today. Thank you sincerely for joining us for these last two days. And friends, I do want to encourage you, if you are someone who is wondering, has the tribulation begun, please pick up a copy of this important book. It'll do exactly what the subtitle says. It'll help you to avoid confusion and redeem the time in these last days. Amir, thank you again for being with us on Watchmen on the Wall. Thank you, Josh, and thank you for keeping up the faith for the last 90 years on radio. Amir Sarfati's new book, Has the Tribulation Begun?, is in today's resource spotlight. Has the Tribulation Begun? will help you avoid confusion and help you redeem the time in these last days. Order Has the Tribulation Begun? when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144, or you can order at our website, swrc.com. In Amir Sarfati's new book, Has the Tribulation Begun?, you'll learn the Bible's signs of the times compared to global events today. You'll learn how we can avoid sensationalism, 
and stick to the Word alone. How to have an eternal focus that gives us hope and enables us to persevere in today's temporal world. And how Scripture's teachings about the end times are more relevant than ever. Has the Tribulation Begun? By Amir Sarfati. Order today, 1-800-652-1144. Or online, swrc.com. Tomorrow, we preview the latest issue of the Prophetic Observer Newsletter. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com.